0: Good morning. morning. It's good to be here. I am always thankful for this place and the ability to come and worship together. You know, a lot of times we we still wonder what God is doing (laughs) and where he's leading us. You know, but one thing that is for sure is he's looking for a personal relationship with each one of us. You know, and he's looking to, I think that's what I feel like he's doing. It's like he's looking to create a new covenant with each one of us. And this kind of started maybe four weeks ago. And I I started talking about, you know, when Moses went up to the mountain and he received the tablets, right? And God gave him the tablets, And wrote, already written by God. And then when Moses saw what the people had done, he got so angry that he broke the tablets. Right? And then God, it's interesting that God told him, now you prepare new tablets and you bring them to me. That I will write all those tablets. You know, and so to me that's like related to the promise of I will make a new covenant with you. I'm going to remove the heart of stone. I'm going to remove your old heart. And I'm going to give you a new heart. A heart of flesh that I can write my words in your heart. You know, the problem with that then is that we've been studying about that because, we you know, you read in Romans 12, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then we've been you know, talking about this the last few weeks, like, how do you change your mind? You know, if I, if I could, I would, right? But the the problem is that if I try to change my mind, I will never change it. I have to put on the mind of Christ, and that's what we talked about last week. We have to meditate on God's word, and we need to try to allow the Holy Spirit to write his thoughts in our minds and erase the old thoughts. You know, so we, we talked about, you know, uh, a lot of times, like that book uh, about emotionally healthy, healthy spirituality, right? By Peter is he says, sometimes you need to go back to go forward. You have to solve some of the issues of the past so that you you are healed on that and then one way to do that is presenting everything to the Lord, even the, the, the good, the bad and the ugly. Yeah. You know, and you confess and you come before Him with everything, you know, even the, the times that you, you suffered or you know difficult experiences and but with a trust in the Lord that He will rewrite your history. Anyway, so I, I read this book. And can I just, I'm, I'm sorry, I want to go back and bless this word. Okay. I say you're a father in this house. And I bless you to be speaking the words of the Father to us this morning. Amen. I wanted to do that, but you took off really fast. I want to say that. I I take that blessing. Thank you, Joy. Thank you, Joy. Yeah. So this book was really important for me. It's called Anatomy of the Soul. It's written by a psychiatrist that's a believer also. And he's combining, he's saying science is discovering that you can create new pathways in your brain. That you can actually change your memories. You can really, but there are exercises. You know, so this book is full of examples of all his patients. You know, and full of exercises. And I've been sharing some with you, and we, like, you know, we talked about this last week. So let's meditate on the prodigal son. You know, and, and imagine yourself a lot of times coming before your father and saying, Father, I messed up. You know, I am not worthy. I did this wrong, or I, I have this. And if this is happening to me, it's because he doesn't love me anymore. It's because I have done something wrong. And and the the prodigal son is a classic example. And the interesting thing about that parable is that it's not about the son, neither one. It's about the love of the father. You know, so to me, that's how I think that we're working on this thing of transforming our minds. It's only possible if we receive the love of the father. You know, and that redefines, and that's like re, the recreation of who we are according to his thoughts and his plans for our lives. And let me read this Romans eight. And we also meditated on Psalms one thirty nine, and it's talking about how amazing are your thoughts about me. You know, that I cannot even number them. And even when I awake, I still am like, wow. You know, so to me, the changing of my mind is only possible if I give authority to another mind to say now that's greater and bigger and more important and more reliable than my own thoughts. You know, and so instead of putting that trust in somebody else's mind, (laughs) which sometimes is dangerous, I'm going to choose to put my trust in the Father's mind, the Father's ways of thinking. You know, and his ways of thinking, for me, a lot of times, most of the times, I find in in the Bible, in the scriptures, right? And here's a good one for you to meditate this week. Uh, I didn't have this in my notes this morning. Okay, it's by the end. Verse uh, 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God. And are called according to his purpose for them for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters and having called and having chosen them he called them to come to him and having called them he gave them Right standing with Himself, and having given them right standing, He gave them His glory. And then you may you may say, "Well, I'm not kind of I'm not there yet, right?" But that's okay because you're in the process of becoming. You're in the process of maturing, the process of changing, of being recreated, and dropping. You know, a lot of the the consequences of growing up as a human being. You know, a lot of times life is not easy. You know, you may have had good parents. Some people don't. You know, and and only good memories. Some don't. You know, and that builds who you are and builds the way you think. And then builds up the way that you relate to the world around you. And I'm looking to change that. Right? We're all here because we want to see things different, and we want to experience a walk with God in, in a different way. So, to me, my point this morning is, is, I'm talking about waiting on the Lord, or meditation, you know, and we, we studied that book, Celebration of Disciplines, by Richard Foster, and I, I recommend you going back and reading the chapter on meditation. You know, because he gives a a real good foundation, and I'm I'm not going to try to do that here this morning. But meditation is almost like you... um, Yeah, it's like waiting on the Lord. Or another name for it is the prayer of silence. You stop talking, and you let the Holy Spirit talk to you. You let the Holy Spirit write in your heart and in your, in your mind his ways of thinking. And a lot of times what is good is like you can meditate on a situation, something that happened, or read something from the scriptures, and then you remain quiet. And then let the Holy Spirit give you the insight. You know, hey, this is what I was doing, and this is what I want you to get out of this picture or this scripture. So th- meditation is not just spiritual, but I'm feeling like more and more meditation, meditation is a part of our physical health. We yeah. And yeah. I mean, we can still we yeah. stop it. We can just swing breath or breathing. Mm-hmm. You know, and and a a lot of times and that's what Foster in that book says. A lot of people have a misconception about meditation because of the Eastern, you know, and, but it, it is uh, something that Christ did. You know, all the time he would just leave everybody, leave the crowds, and spend time with his father alone. You know, and, and meditation in, in the Hebrew means to keep rehearsing, remembering, like ruminating on something. You know, a lot of times in the, the Western Wall, you see that they, they moving their mouths and they're like just speaking the word. They're repeating the word to, as a prayer, you know. So to me, there's this verse that happens uh, that is in Luke 2, 19, when the, the shepherds came and they spoke about who Jesus was, right? And then Mary, it says... But Mary treasured up all these words, pondering in her heart what they might mean. So to me, this meditation is you treasuring the word and allowing the Holy Spirit to bring understanding about that. Okay? Meditation is the way that we create a space for the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to allow his thoughts and the seed of the word, right?, to create new ways of thinking in our minds. It's a way to allow the spirit to guide us with practical application. You know, and that's what we are looking for. Like, how can we take what we do here on Sunday and take out and apply in our, in our lives? You know, and how can this really change us? You know, but the, w- the only way to change is like Romans 12 says. It's like You have to have a transformation of your mind. You know, here, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own understanding. It's very clear that you, you're going to have to put your trust in a bigger, greater, better understanding. And like we were talking, like so many things in my life I don't understand. You know, why things had to happen the way that they happened. You know, but maybe it is that desire to understand that drives us closer to the Father and makes us seek him. Say, Lord, I want to get closer to you because I, I want you to give me understanding. But even if we don't get understanding, like Job <laughs> never got to understand what happened to him, you know, he got closer to God and getting to know God, right? And that's what we're here for. Do not rely on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will make your paths right. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass, never pass away. You know, in Joshua 1, it says, gives you know that the secret of success for Joshua. Meditate on the laws of this book day and night and do not go to the right or to the left and then you're going to succeed you know and a lot of times I think that be strong and courageous right why why did he had to hear that so many times because he was probably not strong and not very courageous you know so the way that he thought about himself it was not the way that Moses saw him or God was seeing him so yeah you have to keep repeating this to yourself be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. You know, and so to me, I'm blessing this for us this week, you know, that we we find these ways to allow the Holy Spirit, give him the authority, give him the the, the keys. You know, I always think about the Holy Spirit as a general contractor. You know, he his job is to prepare the house. <laughs> for the Father and the Son. But I need to allow him to go into those dark rooms, you know, and, and return all these stones, all those thoughts that you do not, I do not like to talk about, you know, because they hurt, right? So, but I, if I give him and say, Holy Spirit, help me, you know, give us this day or daily bread, Psalms 139, one more time. How difficult it is for me to fathom your thoughts about me, O God. How vast is their sum total? So this is what I wrote here. Meditation will take you from your thoughts of, I think I can if I try harder, if I behave better. if I think I can if I stop this and if I start this. You know because we all have been there we tried harder you know we we, I'm gonna be more religious I'm gonna go to church and I'm gonna uh, you know instead of that if we go like this I know he can and I know that he wants me to get it and he wants the best for me he wants to bring healing to me so I'm gonna have to put trust in what his word says and not what my mind tells me. Does it make sense? So, Lord, help us to do that. Move from the, I think I can, I think I can, to, I know, I know you can. And you did. You know, like we were talking on, at the end of the class Tuesday, you know, we were studying about the Feast of the First fruits, And that Christ is the First Fruit. And there will never be another First Fruit. <laughs> You know, and we can only give to God what is the best and the first fruit. You know, so the only way that we come to God is by partaking of what he has done for us and provided for us already. So, I'm going to read a little bit out of this book here, okay? The spiritual Disciplines. Attunement to the body, paying attention to your own body, paying attention to your thoughts, writing your stories, feeling felt, and engaging in the neuroplastic triad helps us to re-enter the high road and stay there. Long before neuroscientists began advocating these approaches, Believers engaged in spiritual practices that foster the mind's development. Whether we call it an undivided heart or an integrated prefrontal cortex. Complicated, right? But what he's saying here is like there's a psalm that says, God, give me a one heart. And why is that? Because a lot of times we come with divided hearts. You know, and a lot of times we come with half of our brains or half of our emotions. We do not come present your body as a living sacrifice. That means not the the good, not just when you're feeling great, but when you present your body like David, Lord, vindicate me. You know, deal with my enemies. You know, they are persecuting me. He came as a worshiper with everything before the Lord. So that's what he's saying here. When we come, we cannot come with a divided heart. These practices, which are usually called spiritual disciplines, include the inward disciplines of meditation, prayer, fasting, and study. The outward disciplines of confession, worship, guidance, and celebration. In many ways, these disciplines, when practiced faithfully, but without burden, not being religious, not being a Pharisee, do the very thing that we have been discussing to help integrate our brains. Richard Foster's book Celebration of Disciplines and Dallas Willard's The Spirit of the Disciplines offer excellent, in-depth discussion on each one. For our purposes, we will consider just a sampling. So again, Uh, Every time I teach that class, I learn more. You know, because that book is like a a classic. And it it really helps us, you know, to allow the Holy Spirit to plant the seed of the Word in our hearts. And then let it work. And let, let it grow roots. And then penetrate and change us, right? Meditation. Meditation, as Foster suggests, is a place to begin since it prepares us for other disciplines. As we practice listening to God and ourselves through our perceptions, senses, emotions, and thoughts, we learn to pray. The Psalms frequently reflect and promotes this practice. The writer of Psalms 119 refers to this meditation numerous times. It's amazing, if you have a concordance, and you look the word meditation. Meditate on the word. It's, especially the Psalms 119 It's all about the word. You know, every verse is about the word. And it's like, I, I meditate in your precepts, right? It says, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. Cause to me to understand the way of your precepts. That I may meditate in your wonderful deeds. And I'm going to just read one paragraph here. The practice of meditation, which David also mentions in verses 23, 48, 78, 97, 98 of the Psalm, puts us in the position to be open to God's search of us. Think about this God is searching for you God is like the father of the prodigal son waiting just waiting for that moment that you turn that you return that you come it doesn't matter how you know I I like that song come as you are you know just come as you are you know I like Manning, Brandon Manning says he loves you just the way you are not the way you you should be (laughs) because nobody is the way that they should be. So if he knows everything, Psalms 139 he knows when you sit down, when you get up he knows all your thoughts why try to hide? Why not come and say Lord, I'm having a hard time with this. I've been doing that a lot lately. (laughs) The practice Of meditation puts us in a position to be open to God's search of us. It enables us to be aware of our bodies and how God may be speaking to us through them. It does not simply help us focus on something else, God's law, precepts or deeds, but facilitates the process by which we focus on someone else focusing on us. that's what I want to get it's like think that God is focusing on you and that he knows where you are and he wants to write new thoughts in your heart new ways of thinking facilitates the process by which we focus on someone else focusing on us when we look deeply into someone else's eyes we not only see the person's eyes we see our being seen by them this reflects the experience of being known God will search the inner rooms of our hearts that however does not guarantee that we will present we will be present where he is looking and challenging. It is one thing for God to search. It is quite another for me to feel searched. It requires me to be present, which requires work. This is where the practice of meditation can help. I'm gonna read Isaiah 55 seek the Lord while he makes himself available call him while he's nearby the wicked need to abandon their lifestyle and sinful people their plans they should return to the Lord and he will show mercy to them and their God and to their God for he will freely forgive them. Indeed, my plans are not like your plans, and my deeds are not like your deeds, for just as the sky is higher than the earth, so my deeds are superior to your deeds, and my plans superior to your plans. Another translation says, my thoughts are way superior, way bigger. So I'm saying this like, so that was not the question, how can we do this? How can we transform our minds? How can we be transformed by the renewing of our minds? And the only way that I, I find is I have to take on his mind. And the way that I think about doing that, there are a lot of ways, and it works probably different for each one, is I find his thoughts and his ways in the scriptures. So I need to give the authority to the scriptures to be directing my thoughts. (laughs) I love this. This is Jeremiah 9, 23. The Lord says, wise people should not boast that they are wise. A lot of people are so proud that they are smart. You know, but they forget that there is a bigger mind (laughs) yet. Powerful people should not boast that they are powerful. Rich people should not boast that they are rich. If people want to boast, they should boast about this. They should boast that they understand and know me. They should boast that they know and understand that I, the Lord, act out of faithfulness, fairness, and justice in the earth, And that I desire people to do this thing, says the Lord. To wait on the Lord is the most intense prayer you will ever make. It is a silent, unspoken prayer. It is a prayer of listening. It is a prayer of perception. It is a prayer of unveiling of your spiritual sensitivity to the Lord. It is hard. No, it's not hard. It's just spending time with your father. It's just spending time and allow him to love you and to say, hey, I've been waiting for this moment to be with you. You know, father, I'm not worthy. You know, and that was kind of what I suggested last week. Imagine yourself in that scene when your thoughts are all going crazy and you feel feel like, you know, God has forsaken you abandoned you. And you come with all that script of saying, yeah, I know. It's my fault. And you're beating yourself down and the father comes and says, hey, stop it. Stop. Bring the coat. Bring a ring. Bring new shoes. Bring a turban for his mind, his head. You know, new thoughts. That's what I I think that that means. It's like, I'm restoring the authority with the, the, the ring. I'm restoring you with the, the, the clothing, the end of the shame of your rags that you lost everything. I'm giving you new shoes for you to walk in a new way. You know, and I'm putting this turban in your mind to protect you from your own thoughts about yourself. And, but I'm giving you my, my ways of thinking to you. I bless this for us. this week. Amen?